This here's candidate Jack Urell saying, if you vote for me, I'll be the bestest friend you ever had. Well, they out there shaking hands, making promises, kissing babies, smiling, begging, lying, slapping backs. Till they get voted in, then they make a whole bunch of new friends, change their minds and say, you know what, we got to have another time. Well, howdy, folks. This here is candidate Jack a year round, and I am here because I'm not your normal, everyday politician. I believe in what you believe in. I want what you want. I'm going to work real hard for you people. I will never lie to you because Jack you round loves you. When you elect them, you can't expect them. To do what they don't remember saying For they was voted in when you elect them You can't expect them To expect you to vote for them again Well, they get on TV, they take to Twitter Say, I got you back, I ain't no quitter And next thing you know, they're saying, it ain't my fault They tell you all about what they gonna do they're gonna work real hard for you. They won't be compromised and they can't be bought. Hey folks, this is your old friend Jack you around here. Now y'all know I'm just one man. It takes a lot of people to get things done and it takes a lot of time. I know I said I'd never lie to you, but you know sometimes when you see things through different eyes, the truth has to be somewhat modified. When you elect them, expect them to do what they don't remember saying for they was voted in when you elect them you can't expect them to expect you to vote for them again yes sir now look i know that it's been almost four years and your water still stinks and it's brown and basically well they ain't been nothing done but you got to understand Jack Round is on your side. I promise you, you give me four more years, we're gonna get this matter taken care of. And when you elect them, you can expect them to expect you to vote for them again. Yes, I tell you, folks, Jack Round has always been in this for me. I mean, for you, for you, I mean it for you. Oh, oh, Lord, Lord. Well, hello once again, and welcome to the weekly podcast of the Church of Common Sense. Brother Chuck here from the pulpit for the week ending November 4th, the very first weekend in November for the year 2023, and most importantly, the last weekend of Daylight Savings Time. Yes, this week we set the clocks back which actually is pretty good because uh, if you've started noticing in some parts of the country, it's not getting daylight until after 8 o'clock in the morning. Now, there have been a lot of people over the years that have suggested that perhaps we ought to go to daylight savings time full year round. But when you think about that and you look at how dark it is these days, now granted, I know there's a trade-off here, because in some areas, it will literally start getting dark a little bit after 4.30 in the afternoon. But nonetheless, when you think about school kids, you know, we did this 
back in the 1970s. I was still in school when we did this, and I waited for the school bus with several kids on my street whose parents decided to wait with them during these times because it was still dark in the morning. And I was at the age, you know, between junior high and high school when the hormones started to kick in, and you didn't want teenage boys and girls standing out there in the dark where people couldn't see what was really going on while they were waiting for the school bus. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, if you know what I mean. All right, so that said, let's jump into it with both tennis shoes and talk about the sins that will do you in. We get kicked off this week with the sin of laziness. Now, I file this under the sin of laziness because we have an all-important election coming up in 2024, and I'm hearing more and more people say that they're just not going to vote. They're just not going to, they, they don't like Donald Trump. They don't like Joe Biden. And so they're just not going to vote because it's not important to them. By all means, do not fall into that trap. And the reason I say this is this may be one of the few times in history, if not the most important time in history, that the position of vice president is equally as important as the position of president. And here's why I say this. Just this past week, former VP under Donald John Trump, Mike Pence, announced that it was, quote, quote, not his time. He wasn't able to raise money. He wasn't doing very well in the polls. And let's face it, Mike Pence was kind of blasé. Plus, he knew that going forward, he was not going to be the choice of Donald Trump if Trump should get the nomination to be his running mate. Why? Pence sort of turned on Trump over the whole January 6th fiasco. Trump hasn't forgotten that. That's number one. Number two, he really didn't do a whole lot as vice president before. He didn't make himself known. He didn't get out there. He didn't stand behind Trump on a lot of the key issues. He just kind of stayed in the background. Now, granted, that's what the vice president is supposed to do. However, this time, the position of vice president is more important than ever. I have said before, and I will say again, if the Republicans really wanted a leg up, and who knows, they may do this before it's all said and done, all they would have to do is take the quotation that Kamala Harris issued recently on a national news magazine show when she says, quote, I am ready to serve if needed. You take Kamala Harris's picture put it on a billboard, put that quote right beside it, and put where she said it on whatever news magazine it was, I guarantee you Republicans will flock to the polls in droves to vote for whoever. Let me tell you, the position of vice president has never been more important. Uh, Joe Biden, who says he's going to run again, will undoubtedly get the nomination. They can't kick him out. At the same time, he can't kick Kamala out. I mean, can you imagine you've chosen the first woman of color to be your running mate, and then you elevate her to the number two most powerful position in the world, in the free world, and then all of a sudden you kick her to the curb? No, you can't do that. I mean, there'd be, a, there'd be race riots in the United States if he were to try to do that, okay? So that makes her position very, very important. 
Could she be seen as a liability for Joe Biden? Let's face it, nobody's going to admit that. But I think in back rooms and in barbershops all around the United States of America, people of all ages, of all colors, of all nationalities are saying, we don't know if we want this to happen. And let's face it, Biden, who is not viewed as mentally stable right now by the majority of the public, is certainly not going to get any better over the next four years. But then let's look at the Republican situation. With Pence stepping aside, and this is not a real biggie because he never really stood a chance anyway, that takes another major player out of the race that nobody wants to get into. Now, the top two frontrunners behind Trump, and even, let me tell you, the Republican Party keeps trying to distance themselves with Trump, but they can't. He's leading in every poll to get the Republican nomination and go up against Biden once again. So are Nikki Haley who served under Trump in her last capacity, and Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, who is well-liked and well-thought of, but running very, very distant second behind Trump in the polls, are they really just running for the second position? And if so, is that all that bad? Because there's a very good chance, with all that's going on right now, let me tell you, the powers that be in the national mainstream media, the powers that be in the courts of the United States are not going to stop until they get Donald Trump on something. Now, the decision, guilty or innocent, probably will not come until after the presidential election. So that being said, that means that probably we could have a sitting president as we had with Nixon, accused of a criminal offense. You know, Nixon got pardoned once Ford got in office. And somebody would probably have to do that for Trump. But that means the number two position becomes more and more important. I dare say we haven't had a more powerful number two position since Gerald Ford. And we didn't know that Gerald Ford, when Nixon chose him as a running mate, was going to be that powerful of a position because we didn't know about the Watergate scandal. Knowing what we know then and knowing what we know now about Donald John Trump and knowing that the media and the courts and everybody that hates Trump, the Trump haters are not going to let up, that means the position of number two, be it Ron DeSantis or Nikki Haley, is very, very important. So knowing that Donald Trump will most likely get the Republican nomination, does the number two person just sit back and wait and say, okay, choose me, choose me, pick me, pick me, and then... Who will Donald Trump choose? I dare say that a Trump-Nikki Haley ticket, because she is number one female, and number two, remember, Nikki Haley has foreign roots as well, just like Kamala Harris does. I dare say a Trump-Nikki Haley ticket looks pretty good. And should Trump then not be able to serve the next four years because of one reason or another, who do you want? Do you want Nikki Haley? Do you want Ron DeSantis? Or do you want Kamala Harris? Because that's really what the 2024 presidential election is coming down to. Okay? So, laziness. Don't be lazy and not go to the polls when it's time to vote in 2024. Believe me, it's never been more important. Brother Chuck here from the pulpit of a church of common sense and the sins that will do you in. 
It's Brother Chuck here from the pulpit of the Church of Common Sense. We have got our top sins of the week coming up on our countdown of the sins that will do you in. But once again, we take a break to talk football. we got our expert to help us do that. Our friend in high places, I.B. High in the Sky. Traffic reporter is here. I.B., how'd you do last week? Yeah, well, Chuck and baby, we managed to eke out a winning record last week by one game. Oh, yeah? Yeah, had all 16 teams playing, and thank goodness for that because our record was 9-7. and seven. You barely But did. it's getting that time of the season, you know, with injuries and this and that and the other yeah, and okay. all kind of uh, variants determining right. who plays and who doesn't play and this and that and the other. Right. Uh, you have to do a little bit more thinking about it. I understand. So we'll try to do better in what will be week number nine. And we got 14 games coming up this week. Right. And we're going to start off with the one on Thursday night. Thursday night. Which is kind of a ho-hum game unless, of course, yeah. you'd be a Pittsburgh Steeler or Tennessee Titan fan. Okay, man. Steelers started off looking eh. Yeah. Titans started off looking eh. Okay. But here lately, the Steelers have looked better and the Titans have looked worse. And since this is in Pittsburgh, yeah. I.B. says on the Thursday night contest, yeah, right. go ahead and put your money on the Steelers. Pittsburgh. Now we move across the pond again. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we had a week off from European ball last week. Uh-huh. But this time, yeah. it's the Miami Dolphins mm-hmm. and Kansas City Chiefs who are playing early, early, early on Sunday morning. Really? Now, I know what you're saying. Yeah, of course. Is Taylor Swift going to be at the game? Well, is she? The rumor is no. Really? Will that have an effect on things? What do you think? Well, mm-hmm. the Chiefs went to Denver last week. Right. And when they went to Denver, Taylor didn't show up, and the Chiefs lost their second game of the year. <laughs> so over across the pond, uh-huh. with the 6-2 and two Chiefs taking on the 6-2 and two Dolphins, right. and probably no Taylor Swift in the house, mm-hmm. I.B. says, mm-hmm. I'm going to put my money on Miami. Miami. Miami's looking better and better every week. Yeah. I'm telling you, they may be the real deal before it's all said and done. All right, then. All right, on to the rest of the games. When we get to Sunday afternoon, the Falcons at home against the Minnesota Vikings should win that one. Okay. I mean, loves my Cardinals, but yeah. mm-hmm. I'm telling you, they let me down again last week, and yeah. I'm not picking them this week when they travel to Cleveland. Browns to win that one at home. Cleveland. Also at home, yes. the Packers have a slight advantage over the L.A. Rams, so I.B. says at Lambeau, go with the Green Bay Packers there. Packers? New England Patriots and the Washington Commodores. What do you think? Bobby hates to pick New England, I do. but I got to in this one. Oh. They're at home, and I think they look a little bit better. All right, then. All right? Mm-hmm. Baltimore Ravens, yeah. Battle of the Birds yeah. against the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. Seattle looking better each week. Yeah. However, mm-hmm. they got to go to Baltimore, and Baltimore plays the best when they're at home, so pick the Ravens in that one now. All right. Texans. Took it on the chin. Yeah. Gave Carolina their first win last week in a battle of the top two draft picks. Saw that. The number two draft pick for the Texans didn't look so sharp. Mm-hmm. IB says this week, however, back in Houston yeah. against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right. and another star, Baker Mayfield, yeah. you put your money on the Texans. Really? IB says a win for the Houston Bunch there. All right, then. Panthers got their first win last week yeah, against did. the Texans. They did. And I got to tell you, uh-huh. Bryce looked pretty good. He did. Panthers at home against the Indy Colts, who are home this season. I.B. says Carolina will get win number two. Panthers to win. Raiders firing people left and right. Things are not looking the way that Las Vegas wants them to look. Mm-hmm. I.B. says with everybody vowing for the head coaching job now and the New York Giants coming to Vegas, put your betting money on the Raiders there. Really? Game of the week? Yes. Philadelphia and the Dallas Cowboys. Should be a good one. Now, we just calling it the game of the week because everybody thinks it will be better than it's actually going to be. Right. I mean, says in Philadelphia, yeah. myself here, yeah. I think the Cowboys going to take home a loss on this one. You do. Then we get to the Bengals and the Buffalo Bills. That should be good. 
Buffalo, mm-hmm. show looked good when things started. Yeah, they did. Cincinnati, mm-hmm. show looked bad when things started. <laughs> Buffalo's gotten worse. Uh-huh. Cincinnati's gotten better. Yeah. Cincinnati's at home. Uh-huh. But, yeah. IB says in a close one, yeah. you can put your money on the Bills to win this one. Bills here. to beat the Bengals. Then, on Monday night, yep. the battle of the Jets and the Chargers. Uh-huh. Jets be getting better every week, even without Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. But he is on the sideline, giving some direction, and... So for that reason, IB says in the Big Apple, yep. you can look for the Jets to take home a win across the street from the Chargers. Okay. Yeah, I say across the street because they're technically in New York. That's true. And that leaves us with the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, what a good thing. Four and four, mm-hmm. and shocked IB last week when they won over Indianapolis. I know that. So this week, yeah. back at home in the dome yeah. over the Chicago Bears, right. IB going with the Saints. You are, huh? Probably because I think they'll look better at home, and probably because I hate anything from Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Ivy, thank you for that. All right, as our shapes up, week number nine, 14 games to pick. We'll see if we can do better than 9 7 last week. All right, Ivy. Y'all have a lovely weekend. Mm. I'm behind the sky. You should be too. All right, thank you. I'll be high in the sky. His NFL picks for week number nine on the broadcast here of uh, Brother Chuck's Countdown of the Sins. It will do you in for the Church of Common Sense. We're up to sin number four now. We talk about the sin of deception. And the powers that be would deceive you into thinking that the woke mentality is not affecting how parents view the whole schooling process these days. Now, I'm going to digress here for just a moment and say that, you know, in my continuing effort to research all opinions, from time to time during the week, I will listen to National Public Radio. There is no denying when you look at the national radio ratings that come out each week, and we get them daily in the trades that I follow on broadcast, but when you look at the national radio ratings, especially in larger cities, NPR or National Public Radio commands a huge listing audience. There's some good things on there. I personally care for all things considered. I think that's a great program. Uh, The morning edition, I think, is good. So the other day, I I tuned into a program, and I'm not sure it was, but it was based out of, um, I believe it was a a public radio station, NPR station in Boston. And it talked about the new woke mentality when it comes to, of all things, square dancing. There's now a square dance in Kansas City. Now, Kansas City... You know, they, I'm sure, want you to think that it's a forward-thinking city. And granted, I'm sure it is. They have the Kansas City Chiefs, for goodness sakes. They're well-known. Kansas City has well been known as the home of great barbecue, of uh, minor, uh, of, of minority baseball, when the Kansas City Monarchs were one of the most well-known teams in the old Negro Leagues. But... Do we see Kansas City as a woke city? Well, NPR wants you to think so because they were talking about what they call oddball square dancing. Now, let me tell you what oddball square dancing is. For those of you that know anything about square dancing or have heard the old square dance callers from 
the days gone by. Oh, swing your partner round and round. Ladies and gents. That's a big term, ladies and gents in the square dance call. Well, because of the new woke mentality, people of all genders, meaning the third gender that won't say whether they're male or female and possibly don't know, want to be able to square dance too. So the new mentality is to no longer refer to it as ladies and gents, but are you ready for this? Larks and Robin. That way you can be a lark on one square dance and the very next dance you can turn around and be a Robin if you want to change your gender in the middle of the call. Ho, swing your partner round and round. Time for a gender bender now. So we talk about the sin of deception because the powers that be, those that proclaim themselves as experts on certain matters, want to deceive you into thinking that the new woke mentality many school systems are employing is not having an effect on how, basically, people see uh, their children being taught at school. However, there's this story. A historically high number of parents are now homeschooling their children. The number of homeschooled children during the last academic year, was 51% higher than in 2017-2018. Now, why are those years important? Because those are the last measurable years pre-pandemic. Of course, homeschooling was huge during 2019 and 2020 when the pandemic was going on, and, and many people kept their children at home anyway. But in the states that provided information, according to, quote, quote, government data crunched by the experts and the powers that be at the Washington Post, uh, the number of homeschooled children is now higher than ever before, with the exception of the pandemic years. Though the homeschooling rates may have decreased a little bit from pandemic highs, what used to be a niche education arrangement that basically the powers say was used by religious parents or people that just were kind of a far-right conservative, not so much anymore. Total number of American kids learning their ABCs at home between 1.9 million and 2.7 million. That's a broad scope. But either one of those numbers exceeds the number of enrolled students at Catholic schools. And the Catholic school system has been around forever. So homeschooling now is more popular than even Catholic schooling. Now, these so-called experts think the uptick in alternative schooling, meaning homeschooling, they don't call it homeschooling anymore, it's alternative schooling, doesn't seem to be associated with a low quality of traditional education or uh, the new woke mentality. Parents cite several reasons for doubling up as education administrators. They say the schools fail to meet their kids' unique needs. In other words, they don't care for the woke mentality. Uh, they say bullying has become an increased concern. And that basically there's school safety. There are a lot of school shootings going on. And they offer all kinds of reasons. Now, the powers that be neglect to think that some of these parents also may not be buying into the overall woke mentality in some schools where little Penny uh, wants to go into the boys' restroom because she identifies as butch today. By the way, this uh, whole homeschooling thing has created an entire industry catering to parents who don't want their kids to spend their days waiting for the bell. 
among the things, there's OutSchool, which is a platform that allows parents to design their own curricula. And that program has brought in over a quarter of a billion dollars since its founding in 2015. Another company describes itself as an Airbnb for education. They help parents set up micro schools where 5 to 20, 25 students can learn under a supervisor. They call it a neighborhood school. But there you go. Our sin of the week where it comes to deception has to do with the powers that be wanting to deceive you into thinking that the woke mentality has nothing to do with it. There is one final thing here. The teachers, when asked, and education experts are skeptical of parents being able to teach the same kind of skills that they are able to. In other words, they're scared to death that if this keeps up, uh, their tax-supported jobs may be in jeopardy. Deception, one of the sins that will do you in. Brother Chuck here from the pulpit of the Church of Common Sense. This year down at the old school Says that federal funding mandate Put in some new rules Other school board says you can salute Whatever flag you like And the rainbow's flying right up there Beside the stars and stripes The tests are all on Google So everyone can pass Teachers are making TikToks, YouTube's teaching class. The principal is virtual when he's not selling real estate. And the school nurse raises cannabis at her farm up by the lake. All things don't look the same, I guess they never will. Since Congress passed that anyone can be what they want, Bill That once proud institution you'd hardly recognize And Jefferson is now the new woke junior high learning these days it don't come from books and the PTA well let's just say it has a whole new look Susie's growing chest hair so she can become tall Patty's got two daddies one used to be her mom oh Penny wants a piece since Bill showed hers to Sue Jesus ain't allowed But half the school is named Jesus The new sports rivalries With the Clawstown Unicorns Where the loser gets a trophy And the winner will be scorned No things don't look the same I guess they never will since Congress passed that anyone can be what they want, Bill. 
The future is in question, it cannot be denied Since Jefferson became of the new woke junior high Shop at home now replaced by green technology The boys golf team no longer has to play from the back teams English is now optional, Spanish is required the school bus is electric, but the driver is still wired. Oh, things don't look the same, I guess they never will. Since Congress passed that anyone can be what they won't build. The future is in doubt, it cannot be denied. Since Jefferson became the new old junior high Yeah, Jefferson is now the new old junior high uh, Excuse me All right, we roll on with Brother Chuck and the Church of Common Sense with our countdown of the sins that will do you in uh, for the week ending November 4th, 2023. Also putting an end to daylight savings time where you set your clocks back one hour. Years getting away from us. It will soon be 2024. And right about now, a lot of the big companies are starting to look back at 2023 and say, well, just how did we do? Third quarter results are now coming out from some of the largest names in the business. Did they make a profit? Did they lose money? And not just American companies, but companies that do business worldwide. Apple drives the economic picture these days. Anybody wants to know whether Apple made money or lost money. But then there's Ford. And today, on our Sins That Will Do You In, the number three slot is occupied by the sin of pride. And we're going to talk about Ford. Ford and the... United States government, which was oh so proud of the fact that they had convinced the big automakers to buy into the whole electric vehicle mentality, we're going to save the planet, only if people buy the cars, which they are not doing, and Ford has been one of the first ones to admit, uh, guys, this ain't working. As a matter of fact, you know, strong arm or not, Ford says, uh, the new car smell is going to get a little tainted because we ain't 70s babies, which means we ain't making them. Ford has said they are scaling back on their EV production because, quite frankly, they're losing money because, quite frankly, people aren't buying them. A lot of electric cars sitting on car lots nationwide that aren't selling because people don't want to pay the high prices. And then when people learn how much the batteries cost, to replace on these electric cars, you've got to buy practically a new car every three years because the battery's gone. Well, and why don't, by the way, why do you think Bill Gates was running around buying up all the unused, uh, desolate farmland he could get his hands on? Because guess what? If this EV thing catches on, sooner or later, you've got to dispose of these huge car batteries. And these things ain't small. 
Well, you can't just take them down to the local dump. I mean, for God's sake, have you tried to throw away a cell phone or a laptop? Oh, no, you can't put that in the regular dumpster. You've got to have a special dumpster for that because it's electronics. Well, imagine throwing away a car battery that's about the size of a car. <laughs> so Bill Gates is running around, as are the Chinese, buying up every acre of farmland they can get because they were going to create this huge place where they dispose of these car batteries. Well, not so fast. Ford has caught on to it. And the pride that the government took in saying, we'll make you drive an electric vehicle, has gone down the toilet. Ford said they're struggling with rising costs in the electric car segment. Even though they sold more electric cars in Q3 than versus last year, they made less money. Why? Because, well, they had to charge less for them because people won't buy them at the price advertised. Ford's electric vehicle sales climbed about 2,000 units. Now, that's over July to September versus last year. And that's in the United States. That's 2,000 units. So break that down to about, let's say, 650 units a month. And then divide that by 50 states. So they sold 10 more electric cars per month. Now, I dare say, go ask any automaker today. Hey, how'd you do last month? Did you do pretty good on them 10 car sales? 10 sales cars a month. Unless you're a mighty small dealership, we'll break you. You can't just afford to have that kind of floor plan sitting on your lot, and especially with these vehicles. Here's what's happened. People have realized that the battery has to re be replaced every three or four years, and they're not willing to shell out the money. Many North American customers interested in buying the EVs are also unwilling to pay the premium for them over the gas or hybrid vehicles, which has sharply compressed the EV price and profitability. What they thought they could get for them, they're not able to get now. Salespeople aren't selling them because they don't make as much money for them. Let me give you a prime example. A car salesman, which the average car salesman makes 25 to 30% on the profit of a vehicle they sell. So an F-150 Lightning electric vehicle is priced at around $100,000. The markup on that is $2,000. All right? The salesperson makes 30% of $2,000. They make $600 on the sale of an F-150 Lightning pickup. Now, let's go look at a used F-250 it's priced at around 50,000 bucks and marked up, let's say, from 40,000. What's 30% of $10,000? Hmm? $3,000. So which one you're going to sell? You're going to sell the electric vehicle and make $600 or you're going to go out here and sell this old 250 and make 3,000. What are you going to do? Exactly. So salespeople aren't buying into it. Users aren't buying into it. And there's a whole lot of EVs just sitting on the parking lot. Ford cautioned about the ongoing challenges in the EV business, said they were cutting production of their Mustang Mach-E. And believe me, if there's trendy people in the world, they're going to buy a Ford Mustang. It's one of the slickest cars that's ever been made. And the E model, the Mach-E, is a fast son of a gun. But Ford said they're scaling about $12 billion in investments in that segment, including delaying their second battery plant they were going to open up in Kentucky because people aren't even buying the Mustang E or the Mustang EV. There you go, the Mach-E, so to speak. So the pride in America and the 
electric vehicles and the government says, my God, we're going to force the car dealers to do it, eh, not so much. If the American public won't buy them, the car dealers ain't going to make them. <laughs> Brother Chuck here from the pulpit of the Church of Common Sense and our weekly podcast of The Sins That Will Do You In. Time to replace that old Dodge Out in your garage That newer might have just got more feeling Ever since the big three got a little help from DC, everyone can have that new car feeling. You'll get your best deal on your next automobile. Now that Uncle Sam's behind the wheel. That new car smells got a brand new scent. Many times I have sat and wondered what my hard earned tax dollars went for. Well, finally, now I've got the answer. It's to help that wheeling, dealing salesman sell a car. Yeah, you'll get your best deal on your next automobile. Now that Uncle Sam's behind the wheel. All thanks to the help of our federal government. Oh, that new car smell has a brand new scent. Yes, it does. Smell 
sins. Yes, it does. Sin number two on our countdown of the sins that will do you in this week, ending November 4th, 2023, from the Church of Common Sense, is the sin of greed. While you haven't been looking, top companies in the United States have been raising the price on everything, and you have gladly been paying it. (laughs) Among those, you deserve a break today at McGreedy. When you combine the rising cost of living with a hankering for your nuggets, your McRibs, your McMuffin, or whatever you get from Ronald McDonald, you get honey mustard stains on your shirt, but butt-kicking earnings from the folks at Mickey D's. I've been watching this for quite some time, and... Um, on Fox Business Channel with Stuart Varney in the morning. They've been talking a lot about McDonald's, so I just decided to do a little a little looking into the situation. It's called a McBoon. You may be suffering and spending more, but the folks at McDonald's are doing well. And apparently they haven't seen a downturn <laughs> in activity because of their hiked menu prices. Thanks largely to menu price hikes, McDonald's reported, get a load of this, $6.69 billion in global revenue for Q3, which is a 14% increase from the same period last year. They also beat Wall Street estimates, and their stock is doing very well. Now, yes, your Big Mac combo might cost in some areas in the larger cities 18 to 20 bucks. I'm not making that up. At one Connecticut location, a Big Mac combo for one person is $18. But people are paying it because they love their fries. (laughs) So this increase is 14% over last year. The CEO of McDonald's says it proved the economy's difficult times present an opportunity for some companies, and his is one of them. McDonald's is seeing more people spend more money at the drive-thru because basically people are working harder with two and three jobs and they ain't got time to cook. In the United States, McDonald's has actually been gaining market share among the middle class and even the upper class who claim to be cutting their spending by not going out for fancy meals and instead eating fast food. People making less than $45,000 annually have been cutting back on eating out. McDonald's attributed their above-expectation earnings to recent marketing campaigns. Now, they did bring back some popular items, which they had kicked to the curb. But they say, for instance, in-store kiosk 
which are where you, you go to a McDonald's and you don't have to talk to a person. You just put your card in, get your order, and your food is delivered there, are up 40%. <laughs> Not having to deal with a fast food employee <laughs> appears to be the thing. You go to McDonald's, you use your card, you order your food, you don't have to talk to a person. That's seen an increase. And by the way, the prices are more too. Would you pay more to go to Mickey D's and not have to talk to a Mickey D's employee? Well, perhaps you would. <laughs> it's something interesting to think about. But there you have it. Good old-fashioned McGreed. Hard to believe now that it was, seems like yesterday, the fast food franchises were saying, hey, we're going to have a tough time paying these people $15 an hour. Get a load of this. McDonald's says in California next year, you'll pay more for your Big Mac, a quarter pounder of cheese there because they're going up on prices again. Fast food workers in California will be making up to $20 and above an hour. McGreed. <laughs> Among the sins, will you do you in? Yeah. And you know I don't want no damn fries. <laughs> or better yet, don't forget my damn fries. <sighs> Greed. Brother Chuck here with the sins that'll do you in on the pulpit of a church of common sense. I pulled up to the drive-thru window my heart set on a burger maybe with a little cheese i don't expect service with a smile let alone correct change but i ain't paying for no lecture about minimum wage i ain't the reason that you're working here so drop the attitude i ain't impressed with your nose ring or all them tattoos You want 15 bucks an hour Start by doing this job right Pull your pants up, put your phone down And don't forget my damn fries Twenty baboons behind the counter All getting orders wrong While they listen to their iPods Talking on their cell phones Taking selfies, taking smoke breaks While customers were ignored <laughs> Complaining that they ain't paid enough To stand around and look bored I ain't the reason that you're working here So drop the attitude I ain't impressed with your nose ring Or all them tattoos You want 15 bucks an hour Start by doing this job right Pull your pants up, put your phone down And don't forget my damn fries Cause I ain't the reason that you're working here So drop the attitude I ain't impressed with your nose rings Or all them tattoos You want 15 bucks an hour Start by doing this job right Pull your pants up, put your phone down 
don't forget my damn prize. You pull your pants up, put your phone down. And don't forget my damn prize. Tip. Here it is. Don't stand in front of me when I am leaving. See ya. Our number one sin of the week this week from the Church of Common Sense and our countdown of the sins that will do you in is once again the sin of apathy because you can't just sit around and not take things seriously these days. Once again, this sin, like a lot of the other sins over the past several weeks, has to do with the Israel-Hamas conflict that's going on. Now, if you haven't been keeping up with this, Israel has launched a ground initiative, thousands of Palestinians and a lot of them possibly civilians have been killed because they were not able to get out of the Gaza Strip after Hamas launched their unprecedented attack on Israel several weeks ago now. But this has far-reaching implications because of the nut jobs that will come out of the woodwork here on our own shores. And no, I'm not just talking about those idiots that call themselves the squad. Indeed, they're bad enough. But now word from the FBI director under Joe Biden, Christopher Wray, that the many nut jobs that exist on our own supposedly safe shores may pose a threat to us going forward. Ray warning that the terror threat is at a whole new level because of this conflict between Hamas and Israel. There have been reportings of the threatening of Jews nationwide. College campuses have seen outbreaks of Palestine sympathy and threatening Jews. And I dare say, somebody said this the other day, way before I got to it, were this any situation where people of color were to be threatened, this country would be in an uproar. But because it's the Jews, we don't seem to be saying that much about it. Which shows, by the way, that along with our top sin of the week, uh, you know, on the countdown of the sins that will do you in, apathy, that the equally as important sin masquerading as a disease known as hypocrisy is very prevalent in the United States these days. Oh, we're big hypocrites. Oh, yes, indeed. We want to stand with the Jewish people. We don't want anything bad to happen to Israel. Uh, but, you know, here at home, if you threaten the Jews, well, that's not as bad as threatening the blacks. Because, you know, threatening blacks is a hate crime. It's a hate crime, Jewish people. We're just not raising as much hell about it as we would if you threaten people of color. Let's face it, it is what it is. Nonetheless, Christopher Ray this past week said he has raised the terror level to a whole nother level. I guess we're still doing the orange, red, yellow color thing. I don't know what color he's got it now. This may be a whole new color that didn't exist on the terror rainbow. But he says the reality is the terrorism threat has been elevated because of the ongoing war in the Middle East. And they're now calling it a war in the Middle East, not just Israel and Hamas. They expect it to uh, bleed over into other countries, and I think it probably will. Hamas launched their deadly terrorist attack against Israel October 7th, which led to a military response from Israel 
the U.S. getting involved, saying we would stand with the Jews in Israel. The conflict renewed concern that there could be similar terror attacks by idiots and nut jobs here claiming to align themselves with terrorist groups, even Hamas. That would also spur domestic and homegrown terrorists to do crazy things as well. Listen, people in the United States need nothing more than an excuse. They just need something to blame it on. You can be sitting there harboring emotions that you hate somebody, and, oh, well, I'm sympathizing with the Palestinians. Yes, sure you are. Ray warned that the most immediate concern is individuals or small groups drawing inspiration from the events to attack Americans, homegrown violent extremists inspired by foreign terrorist organizations, domestic violent extremists who are targeting Muslim or Jewish targets and now have a reason. He cited recently the arrest of a man in Texas who they found had been studying how to build bombs and even posted support of killing Jews. Also, the killing of a six-year-old Muslim boy in Illinois that they say is being investigated as a federal hate crime. So you're wondering, where's the outpouring? Where's the George Floyd sympathy? Where's all that? I mean, do we need somebody like Sammy Davis Jr., a black Jew, to get threatened? And I know Sammy Davis is, is long gone, but is that what we need? Do we need a Jew of color to be threatened before we do something? Let me tell you, you cannot be apathetic about what's going on, especially with this whole situation between Israel and Hamas. Uh, among the things that have happened, we know that people have been threatened nationwide. We know that the squad has come out and said that Joe Biden is going to lose support if he sides with Israel over the Palestinians. We know that Biden himself has tried to talk Benjamin Netanyahu into easing up on the Palestinians and basically saying it's humanitarian. And then there's the money. House Republicans are now unveiling a standalone bill that would send support to Israel and not include the Ukraine. The good thing about that bill is it will take $14 billion from the IRS Globally, the war has spurred increased anti-Semitism, particularly on college campuses. Islamophobia has been a big thing. The Biden administration is talking about that. Cornell University confirmed the arrest of a person who called for the assault and murder of Jewish students. Meanwhile, they're talking about humanitarian efforts in Gaza. Among the things they're concerned about, Gaza's lost internet and phone service. Really? You don't have phones and internet, and, and they say that's a humanitarian crisis? Strange. Nonetheless, apathy. Number one on our list of sins that will do you in this week because you can't sit around and do nothing. And furthermore, it raises an eyebrow of just how much attention we need to give border security these days we can't guarantee that everybody coming across the border is a poor, deprived Mexican or Latino looking for a better life or work. Some of them could be looking to kill us and associating with terror groups. Brother Chuck here from the pulpit of the Church of Common Sense. 
Hello, this is the IIAP, the Illegal Immigration Assistance Program, a taxpayer-funded division of Oaknut. For Spanish, press 1, Portuguese 2, Arabic 3, Farsi 4, French 5, Swahili 6, German 7, Italian 8, and if you insist on English, please stand by. If you're thinking about illegal immigration... Careful when you're choosing the nation Cause breaking the law in some countries Is frowned upon Imagine that Sneak into China, they'll call you a spy Ship you to Mongolia Till you die in the Sudan They'll hang you and the camel you rode in on <laughs> Yeah, and don't go hiking and enter Iran Or you might never be heard from again And in Mexico You might face a firing squad Forget all about going to North Korea, that's a great example of a bad idea. So when it comes down to it, there's only one option you got. Yeah, come to the USA, there's no penalty to pay. Should you get caught illegally immigrating? Come to the USA, it will be your lucky day. Cause you get in, there's lots of goodies waiting. Like health care, welfare, free education, help with your voter registration and driver's license and credit cards and license plates for your car. Lots of jobs for you to do and employers who'll turn a blind eye to. Come to the USA. About the Constitution, we'll help you start a house of prostitution if that's the kind of work that you want to do. You see, those gringo infidels are crazy. They'll give citizenship to your new baby. So you see, there's really only one choice for you. <laughs> Come to the USA. There's no penalty to pay. Should you get caught illegally immigrating? Hey, you get public housing and cable TV and food stamps and even government cheese. The borders are a swinging door. Go home for a visit and come back for more. There's sanctuary and amnesty. Bring the whole fam damnly eventually. Yeah, come to the USA. USA. This has been a public service message sponsored by Oak Nut, dedicated to the collapse of the American way of life. <laughs> yeah.